0: You are listening to the One Hope Church podcast. The following audio is from the weekly gatherings of One Hope Church in Orlando, Florida. We pray that you'll be encouraged and challenged as you listen. We are picking it up today in John chapters 13 to 17. As we continue in our series, we've called Friendship with God. And today we'll be in John chapter 14 verses 18 to 26, and uh, Jesus has some of the most profound things to say today. I mean, this text, uh, of all the texts in Scripture, is is one of the most saturated with the Trinity. The reality is of God as Father, God as Son, and God as Holy Spirit, and what Jesus has to say today fundamentally changes uh, our relationship with God, the disciples' relationship with God, And, and it really has the power to change the world. It has the power to change how we live And what Jesus is doing here, remember, this is John 13 to 17. It's all happening on the last night of Jesus's life. It's it's just after after the Last Supper. Judas has gone out. He's actually in the process of betraying Jesus. And Jesus is teaching his disciples. It's his last teaching while he's on earth. And what he has to say to them is meant to inform them and teach them and sustain them and how they're going to persevere and carry out the mission that Jesus has called them to do. And so what Jesus has to do today, what he teaches today, it really causes them and can cause us to to rise above the current circumstances and, and what's before us and what we see around us and to focus on the glorious truth of our most primary relationship, our most important relationship, our relationship with God, the relationship that informs and empowers every other relationship that we have. And so this teaching today, what Jesus says, has the power to change how we live, has the power to change all of our relationships, our friendships, uh, uh, how we do our work, how we parent our, our relationships with our spouse, uh, all these things, how we live uh, is, is affected and changed by what Jesus has to say today. And the truth is, if our relationship with God is, is good, if we have a strong relationship with God, the world can be crumbling around us. We could be suffering in, in different ways, but we're okay because our relationship with God is intact, our most important relationship. And and the biblical testimony bears witness to this. I mean, all, all over the Bible, people are suffering and being persecuted. And, and even in the world today, people are being persecuted uh for the name of Christ. But because they know God and they have a strong relationship with Him, they're okay. And then the converse of that Everything can be going great out here, but if our, if our relationship with Jesus is poor, even non-existent, doesn't matter how much wealth or status or uh, anything else you have, no matter how good things are going, you're still going to struggle with dissatisfaction and discontent, maybe even disillusionment. And so this is why our relationship to God is so important, so fundamental. And so Jesus has some uh, important things to teach us today. And so uh, let's look at the text again. We're gonna be in John chapter 14, verses 18 to 26. Uh, Let me go ahead and read. uh, I'll read the whole text and then we will kind of step through it uh, verse by uh, verse. And so let's uh, look at this. Uh, John 14, 18 to 20, he says, "Uh, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while the world will see me no more, but you will see me. And because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? So here's Jesus's teaching, right? And so just to recap where we've been so far, just very brief, briefly, Jesus began this whole section in John 13, 34, 35, and said, here's my commandment that you love one another. That is what he's trying to, to get the disciples and us to, to understand. How do we love one another as Jesus loved us? And then he goes on and begins John 14 and says, I'm going to the father, I'm going, but I'm gonna come back. I am the way to God. I am the way to, uh, uh, to, to heaven, to, to experiencing God and, and being with him forever. Uh, And then he says, I am God, Father's in me, and and I'm in him, and so we're the same. And and then he said, if you trust in me, if you trust in these things, you're going to do the same works that I did. And then he talks about praying in the name of Jesus, and we talked about that last time. And then he comes to this section. And so if you remember last time, we talked about what does it mean to pray in the name of Jesus? And we said at its core, we pray in the name of Jesus by virtue of our union, with Christ. And that's really what Jesus is unpacking today. What does that look like? And so let's look at this uh, text together, just verse by verse. Let's just step through it and see what we see. Here he says, first off in verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. So again, he keeps coming back to this truth that I am going, but I will come back. I'm going, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm not going to abandon you. I will come to you. And the question is, well, how will he come to us? What is that going to look like? It goes on, he says, yet in a little while the world will uh, see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. And his disciples are probably saying, whoa, what is he talking about in a little while? Uh, what do you mean? We're not gonna see you, but we will see you and the world won't see you. Um, what does it mean? I will live, uh, you will live. And, um, you know, we have the benefit of of, of of knowing what happens. They didn't know what was going to happen. But here's what Jesus is saying. He's He is talking about his physical resurrection, right? He's going to die. Uh, he's going away. Nobody's going to see him. And he's going to rise from the dead in three days. And he's going to reveal himself. He's going to appear to who? To his disciples, to those whom he chose. Not to the world, but to those who he chose. So that's the immediate fulfillment of what he's saying. I'm going to come and you're going to see me. The world's not going to see me, but you're going to see me. But then he says, because I live you will live. And this means he's not just talking about his physical resurrection. He's talking about more than that. He's talking about Pentecost. He's talking about how Jesus is going to come and be present with us, which we'll see as we uh, move through the text here. But what he's saying right here is he's talking about because I am going to resurrect, you too can live a resurrected life. You can live in a new way, by a new power, with a new heart. He's talking about Uh, union with him. He's talking about being a new creation. It's the same thing that Paul's talking about in Romans 6. Let's look at that real briefly as as Paul's talking about um, what it means to be united to him. He says this, Okay, we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in what? A newness of life. Same idea there. For if we've been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. And so, what Jesus is saying here, what Paul is saying, is that there is a resurrection life. It's what the Bible calls being made alive in Christ. A theological term is to be regenerated. That's uh, what Jesus talks about in John chapter three. He says uh, you have to be born again. You have to be born from above. You have to be born of the Spirit. That's how we become spiritually alive, and it's based on, founded on the resurrection of Jesus. And so, because Jesus, Jesus says, because I'm going to resurrect, and I'm going to be living. I'm going to be living forever. You too will live. In fact, you too will live forever. And so this is a this is a, a promise that Jesus is saying: I'm going to die. I'm going to go. But I'm going to come back. I'm going to rise from the dead. And because I rise, because I'm living, you're going to live. I said, "Well, what does that what does what that uh, what does that look like? What do you mean?" And that's why he says here what he says next. And one of the most astounding claims of the Bible. Let's read it: John um, fourteen twenty. He says, in that day, uh, we'll just change that to 20. Uh, In that day, in what day? Uh, In the day that you're alive because I'm alive. In the day that you're living because I'm living. In that day, you will know. You're going to know. You're going to understand that what? That I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. And the disciples are probably thinking, "What, what? What is he talking about? This is the profound reality Of our relationship to God now. That we are in God and God is in us. It's it's just an unfathomable thing to think about. I mean, it's just an amazing statement that God the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit uh, is dwelling inside of us for those who believe, for those who've trusted in Jesus, that he died for our sins and removed that which kept us from God. And he opened the door so that God could dwell in us and we could be with God. I mean, it's amazing. I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. And what that means is that we've been included into the Trinity itself in some mysterious, profound way. It means we belong. It means we're with God, and God is with us. And that is the most powerful truth that we can have. And this has been God's plan, His goal, His hope for the beginnings that that He would be our God and He would dwell with His people and His people would dwell with Him. Now He's dwelling in us because of Jesus, because of what He's teaching here, because of the cross, because of the resurrection and because the sending of the Holy Spirit. Everything has changed. That's why this is so important what Jesus is passing along to His disciples. And that's why it's so important for us to understand what is He talking about? What does this mean for us? And so think about the implications of that. God is living inside of you if you put your faith in Jesus. God, the creator God, the most powerful being in all the universe, the God that knows everything, has the power to do anything with just a simple word. He's with us. He's living with us. He's inside of us. And furthermore, he loves us. He's for us. And he wants a relationship with us. That's what this is about. It's intimacy with God. It's friendship with God. It's what this this whole section is really about. How do we walk with God, grow in our intimacy with God? And when we do that, it changes everything. It changes how we live. And so maybe you say, well, I don't experience that. If that's true, then why don't I experience more of God's presence or power in my life? I mean, what is that supposed to look like? Good question. Jesus is actually going to answer that question with what he says next here in verse 21. Let's look at what he says. He says, whoever, now notice no qualifiers there. This is open to anyone, whoever. And by the way, this verse, 21, this is, he's just making a statement of fact. He's saying, this is what it looks like. Here's what uh, me being in the Father and you being in me and and I being in you. This is what this looks like. Whoever, what? Has my commandments and keeps them. He it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and I will manifest myself to him. What is he saying here? Whoever has my commandments, let's just break it down by each part, has, not just knows them, but understands them. Whoever has my commandments, what are the commandments? What is, what is he talking about? Well, everything that Jesus taught, everything he's te- teaching in uh, the book of John, uh, in John 13 to 17, uh, what he teaches in the other gospels, the Sermon on the Mount, the call to go make disciples, all these things, everything that Jesus commanded, but it's summarized in, in what he said in John 13, 34 to 35. Here's my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. And so that's his command. So whoever has it, understands it, and keeps it. And we said last time, keep is, is, it is obey, but it's more than obey. It's guarding, keeping, preserving, uh, protecting, treasuring. When we treasure Jesus's commands, it's not hard to follow them. And so whoever has my commands and keeps them, that's the one that loves me. Jesus said, that's what love looks like. This is what love looks like in a friendship. That's what love looks like. You do what I say. You love me. You do what I say. You're doing what I what I ask you to do. That's love. And if we're loving Jesus, it says, well, then um, we'll be loved by the Father, and I will love Him, and I manifest myself to Him. Now, does this mean that our that, that God's love for us is contingent on our obedience? I don't think that's what this means, because we see elsewhere, and we'll see later. God, it's not that we love God, but God loved us. You know I mean, John three sixteen. God loved the world by sending His Son. So there's nothing we can do to earn God's love. I think what He's talking about here is experiencing God's love more. We want to experience more of God's love and power and presence. What's the answer? Well, we love Jesus and we do what He says. And when we do that, we experience more of the Father's love and we experience more of Jesus's love. And then He says this profound thing. He says, "And I'm going to manifest I myself." It's emphatic here in the Greek. I'm going to manifest myself to Him. He said what does that mean? I mean, this word manifest can mean reveal. It can mean um, to appear or even to uh, perceive something. It's, a, it's an interesting word. And say, well, what does that mean? What, what do you mean you're going to manifest your, yourself? Well, good question. This is what Judas asks next. So verse 22, Judas, not Iscariot, just important to note that. Uh, he said to him, Lord, how is it you're going to manifest yourself to us and not to the world? He said, how does that work? What, what are you talking about, Jesus? What, what do you mean? Well, and then Jesus, well, he answers them. And it's going to sound like he's saying the same thing, but he's, he's not saying exactly the same thing. See, he had just stated a, a, a fact. This is what this looks like. The one having and keeping, that's who loves me. Now he's giving a conditional statement. This is what this looks like. Here's what you do. Here it is. Jesus answers them. If anyone, notice again, no qualifier there. Anyone, if anyone loves me, here's what it looks like. He will keep my word. Keep, okay, treasure my word. Now notice he says my word here, not my command. Okay, he's, he changes his word he's saying the same thing in different ways but this is my word my logos it's 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 a more intimate word one who keeps my word who loves me and keeps my word uh, and my father will love him okay and we will come to him and make our home with him whoever does not love me does not keep my words and so he's answering Judas's question here's here, here's how I'm going to manifest those who love me they're going to keep uh, my word, and then he said, what does he say? He says, the Father and, and me, the Father, God the Father, God the Son, we're going to make our home with you. And the word there for home is the, is the word mone, which is the noun of the, of the verb for meno, which is to abide or to dwell or uh, to have a dwelling, okay? And so he's using, again, the noun form. So it's just like to abide versus to abode. It says, God the Father, God the Son, they're going to make their abode. They're going to live, reside, dwell in us. But the one who doesn't uh, love me, he doesn't keep my words, and therefore we're not dwelling with him. That's how Jesus reveals himself to his disciples, those that love him, but not to the world. It has to do with loving God and keeping his word. And so that's how we experience more of God's presence and power. That's, what, that's how Jesus is manifesting himself, revealing himself to us. Him. It's, it's an internal, there's an there's a, there's a indwelling experience there. And it's really, it's really profound. Um, and so then he goes on. He says, the word uh, that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Again, he's just underscoring the Trinity. Like, I only tell you what the Father's telling me. You know, we're one. And then he gives us the summary. He says, these things, everything I've just said to you, these things I've spoken to you while I am still with you. Okay, that's important. While I'm physically still with you, before before things are going to change here, I'm telling you these things. But here's the change. When the Helper, when the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. So now we bring in the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And it's important, right? He's sent in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit of Jesus. Okay, it's the Trinity. Okay, we're talking about praying in the name of Jesus. Well, the Spirit comes in the name of Jesus. I think the two are connected. All right? The Holy Spirit's going to come, and, and he's going to. To teach, he's going to reveal, he's going to manifest Jesus. He's going to teach all things to us. He's going to bring to remembrance all that Jesus has said to them. Now, this has implications, of course, for the disciples. I mean, that's how they're going to do their ministry. It's how John probably is writing the Gospel of John as the Holy Spirit is active and reminding uh, all that Jesus said. But I think it's also a principle for how the Holy Spirit teaches us and brings to remembrance remembrance the words of Jesus. It's so important, again, to be in the Word of God. Well, what did Jesus say? We need those words. They minister to us. And so here we see God dwelling within us. It's God, the, the Father, okay? Well, first it was Jesus, he said in verse uh, 20, um, that, that the Father's, or that Jesus is, is in you, that Jesus is in us. And then verse 24, it says, the Father and I, we're gonna dwell, we're gonna make our abode in you. And he's already said in, in John 14, 17, that the Holy Spirit is going to be dwelling in us. And he used some of the same language. We just look very briefly at it, okay? The, the helper is gonna come forever, the spirit of truth. Again, the world can't receive him. Can't see him. He doesn't know him, but he's going to be in you. And so here we see God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit dwelling in us in the most profound way. I mean, it's just astounding to really think about what that means. And this is Jesus's answer to how he's going to manifest, how he's going to reveal himself to us. I'm going to be dwelling in you. You're going to experience my love. You experience the love of the Father, and say, "Well, how do we do that?" I mean, what does that look like? How, how do we do that? Well, here's what he said. Here's how you experience more of God. You love Jesus and you do what he says. You love Jesus and you do what he says. I mean, but, but again, just think about the implications. God dwelling in us. I mean, powerful prayer, doing the works of Jesus, reaching the world for Christ, having a zeal for evangelism, living as new creations with new power, loving people with a supernatural love that's not our own. So how do we do that? How do we experience that? I want that. I hope you want that. How do we do that? we need to love Jesus and do what he says. It really is that simple. You say, well, how do I love Jesus more? I know, I'm supposed to, I know I'm supposed to love Jesus, but what does that look like? How do I grow in my love for Jesus? And here's my question for you. Uh, how do you grow in your love for anything? You have a movie that you love. What do you do? You watch it you invite others into it, you think on it, you dwell on it, you enjoy it, you get a meal that you enjoy, you go and you enjoy it, you cons- you you know you, you consume it, you taste it, you spend time with it, you invite others into it. A book that you read or an experience or whatever it is, the key is it's the same with Jesus. To love Jesus more, we got to spend time with him, we got to look at him, we got to love him, we got to marvel at who he is and what he's done. In fact, John wrote a letter First John, he wrote three letters, but the same writer that wrote the Gospel of John, he wrote First John. And in 1 John 4, he really unpacks this for us. What does it look like? How do we grow in our love for Jesus? And how is that all uh, connected? And so let's just look at this. I'll try to do it real brief, but there's so much here. It's so profound. And John just uh, says it better, better than I could, but you'll see a lot of the same themes here. He begins, beloved, let us love one another. Okay, that's the command. Why? For love is from God. It finds its source in God. Uh, whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Okay, Relationship there, been born of God, being born again, again, being made alive, regeneration. All, all the things, same things that we were talking about in John, chapter 14. Anyone who does not love doesn't know God because God is love. That's where our source, that's how we love because God loves us. Uh, in this, the love of God was made manifest. It was revealed to us. Why? God sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. Okay. Because he lives, I live, we live. In this is love. Not that we love God. This is so important, but that he loved us. How did he love us? He sent a son to be the propitiation for our sins, the gospel. Jesus died for our sins and he rose. He died to reconcile us to God and he rose to give us a new life and the Holy Spirit and all these things we've been talking about that make us spiritually alive. Beloved, if God so loved us, then we ought to love one another. Can we love with the same love that God has loved us? No one has ever seen God if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected or completed in us. This language of abiding, again, this is union language, united to Christ. Again, John 15, we'll see this a lot. Abiding in him, him abiding in us. That's the connection. By this we know that we abide in him. Okay, how can we know? Uh, he and us. Because he has given us the Holy Spirit. Again, Trinitarian. The Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. The gospel, okay? Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God in the flesh, God abides in him. We only can make a confession of God by the power of God. And he is in God. Union language there again. So we have come to know, come to know and believe the love that God has for us. That really is the key. Experiencing God's love for us. That's how we love others. That's how we love God. Why? Because God is love. Whoever abides in his love, abides in God, and God abides in him. He's just kind of saying the same things in different language. This is the key. And by this, love is perfected or completed with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because uh, he is, as he is, so also are we in the world. Jesus was in the world, not of the world. And so when the judgment comes, we don't have to fear. This is how love is perfected in us is what he's saying here. There's no fear in love. Fear has to do with punishment, uh, uh, if you're fearing, if you're afraid, it means love hasn't been, been to full completion. It means you just have to spend more time with Jesus and think about the gospel truths, what the Bible says. And here's really the key. We love because he first loved us. That's how we love. We look at the love of Jesus for us. And when we look at the, the love of Jesus for us, it changes how we love God, changes how we uh, love others. And so this is uh, the most fundamental uh, truth. I right, can, 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 uh, encourage you to continue reading John 4 um, because it connects our love of God to love of others, which again is what, what it really means to, to follow Jesus. His command is to love one another, that we would love just as he has loved us. And so that's how we love. That's how we grow in our love, how we grow in our friendship with God. We look at Jesus. We gaze at Jesus. We dwell with Jesus. We worship Jesus. We study his life. We we uh, we ask the Holy Spirit to, to illuminate and to, to bring a greater love. We pray for an increased faith and an increased experience of him. Uh, we, we're in the word of God and we're, and we're praying to Jesus all throughout the day. We schedule time and throughout our day and all that stuff. This is how we grow in our love for God. We gotta spend time with him, just like we grow in our love for anything is friendship with God. And so here, here's the question. Do you want to experience more of God's power and presence in your life? You know, Jesus is his love to be uh, revealed to you in, in a greater sense. It really is s- as simple as, as loving Jesus and doing what he says. And what this means for us, and we're so busy and we're so distracted and there's so many worries and anxieties that we have, it's, it really just means this. We have got to slow down and we've got to sit with Jesus. And we've got to open up his word and we've got to ask him to teach us. We, I'm just, it really is just taking time to be with him every day and being around his people and worshiping uh, together and crying out to him and asking for the Holy Spirit. Uh, he promises to give us the Holy Spirit, asking for increased faith and increased love and help us to follow you and help us to do what you've called us to do. I mean, this, again, God's inside of us. God's living. He wants to empower us. He wants to increase our faith. He wants to teach us how to parent well or be better friends or to, to share the gospel with the, or to serve those in need. All those things, all comes from our union with Christ. Our love for him because he has first loved Us. And so that really is the question for us. How is our love for Jesus? Are we doing what He says? And how can we grow in our love for Jesus? Spend time with Him, pray to Him, be in the Word, get to know Him, marvel at His love, confess your sin, receive forgiveness, experience His love, all these things, do away with the distractions, set aside the time. And I'm convinced when we do that, I mean, as Jesus says, when we trust in him and we abide in him and him and us and we do what he says, we're going to do the works of Jesus, greater works, loving, serving, sharing the gospel, praying for miracles, all these things. So let's sit with him. Let's enjoy him. Let's love him more. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you for the gospel truth that you have reconciled us to, to you through the blood of Christ. I thank you for the resurrection power, a resurrected life that we can live, be spiritually alive because Jesus was resurrected, because we're united to him in some mysterious, profound, amazing way. I pray that that would become more real to us, Lord. We thank you for who you are. We love you. Pray all this in your name, Jesus, and by your spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to the One Hope Church podcast. We encourage you to share what you've heard in conversation with family, friends, classmates, and co-workers. To connect with us or learn more, visit wehaveonehope.com.